What does a chef who's cooked for presidents, the Dalai Lama, and Lady Gaga have to do with your ballroom dance hobby? Well, you're going to find out today when we interview Lizette Lopez, a.k.a. Chef Lizette, on Off the Floor. This is Episode 2. What happens when you combine business, pop culture, and at least five analogies to ballroom dancing? You get Off the Floor a podcast to help you get to that next step in your career or your tango. Here's our host, Chris Lyons. Well, first, why don't you just give us the whole, you know, the, the backstory. So, like, how did you get involved with in the culinary world and, and yeah. uh, we'll start there? You know, it literally started uh, just every Sunday, family dinners, about 20 people at our table at my grandparents' house. And when I look back, like, that was the catalyst. It really was of just... What excited me? Like, what really resonated with me? I mean, the other thing is my mother and grandmother are, you know, they're just the best cooks that I know. Um, And when you talk about passion, you know, because I'm sure your dancers, like it requires passion and real vigor and conviction to follow these kinds of industries. Like something magical has to resonate. You know, it can't be practical. It can't be, you know, the money part. It, It just has to come out of real love. And so when I thought like as a young child, what did I really love? And it started with those family dinners. Wow. And then I, you know, I fell in love with Julia Child. I was obsessed with her. I watched her on PBS. Yeah. She actually later became my real life mentor and like changed my life. Um, Wait. And then I went the actual Julia Child. Well, we have to come back. The to act, yeah, the actual Julia Child. That, that's because awesome. I mean, I was yeah, I was obsessed. And if you if you know me at all, when I'm obsessed, I go after what I want. I'm certain that you didn't reach out to her on Twitter, like you probably did with somebody well, else. <laughs> there, there, listen, there were no cell phones. There was no internet. There, there was no none of that. So you wrote so her a letter. No, I mean, I I knew that she was uh, on the board of the AIWF, which is the American Institute of Wine and Food. You know, she lived on the East Coast, but I knew that whenever she was going to come to the West Coast, which is where I was, I was going to go to that event. And and I did. And that like, that's how you communicated when you wanted to get to your influencer. I mean, now they call them influencers, but yeah. Uh, you would just stalk them. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, in like the most respectful way, of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, so then yeah. what was the turning point in that, in that dynamic? Like, where did it kind of well, go? I from think just she, just, she saw me a lot because I would go to her book signings or the other thing is like whatever events I could afford. Right. Because I was really just starting out super early in my career. Hmm. And so even like a hundred dollar tasting event, 26 years ago, you can imagine I had four and five jobs to like manage a decent living. So to go to an event that cost a hundred bucks was like a huge deal. Yeah. So I just saved my pennies and little by little, I got the courage to, it was one of her book signings that I just said, you know, like, I, can you give me some advice as a woman, like going into this culinary world? What can you, what can you tell me? And she literally gave me the best advice that I've, I mean, I've showered over the internet for so many years now. It just transfers to everyone, which is to be humble and always keep learning. I mean, those two things, that was like the perfect recipe, right? Wow, that's great. Um, Because to me, I mean, the be humble part has taken years, right, to to navigate through because that's more internal who you are as a human being. Yeah. 
But the always keep learning, I mean, to this day, literally, those words constantly push me to like never stay comfortable, even with all of these years of experience, like always be pushing the envelope of what I could be doing next, what I could be learning, what I could be sharing. And I think that that's kind of, it's literally the best advice for any human being, like to never really rest on your laurels, right? It's great. It's great to feel comfortable and to feel accomplished for sure, especially if you've earned it. But I really believe in the power of constantly pushing yourself to just be better one more day, right? And so year after year, day after day, if you collectively work from that compass, then good things happen. Oh, that's so good. There's so many parallels. Like my boss told me he had a boss who was this really, really old man and sounds a little bit like Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that, that he said. Uh, <laughs> and so he passed this advice on to me. And it was really similar. He said, you know, there's two things that will help you make it in this industry is you have to have good health and you have to have an open mind. And so that's I was it right like, there. yeah, yeah, I love it, man. But you got yours from Julia Child. That is so cool. <laughs> So now when you're hustling, you know, are you going like develop like 10 new recipes? Have you given yourself kind of like a, a work order? No, you- no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, because first of all, I'm a private chef. So that's like my full time job. And that consumes a lot of my day. But I always find pockets when I have downtime to tweet something or to reply to someone or I'll engage with someone at one o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's so cliche, but it, it even goes beyond passion. It goes, it speaks to your DNA. It speaks to your work ethic. I mean, I think the greatest gift my parents gave me was they taught me through their actions of what real work ethic looks like. Mm. And boy, does that carry you far. I would say that even beyond passion, honestly, because that tends to fizzle out a little bit. I mean, but sometimes it's it's that work ethic that takes you, enables you to do 20 minutes more, another hour or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. So is there a point where is, is it like stepping away from food to kind of get back in the groove or is it like, is there like yeah, a dish that you sure. cook or what? what is, what's your, your spark usually? I, I need to like literally not have a pot or a pan in my hand. I, I need to like not even be close to a grocery store because that's like, that's my office. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Like people always ask us, like, I'm sure you guys go dancing a lot on the weekends. And we're like, nope, we do not go dancing on the yeah. weekends. Yeah. And what's interesting, like when I was in the event world in Los Angeles, I did like the most premier events, the Oscars, movie premieres, just like really, really high end corporate events. I'm not someone who has personally, like in my own personal life, I haven't Mm. gone to a lot of events because I've lived them. That's been my office. That's so cool. Um, I I know I was looking at your website and uh, that you've you've cooked for five presidents and and Lady Gaga and like. So tell me about that. Like, was there an event that you can remember, even if it wasn't like a celebrity one, but was there one event that you felt like was like your your biggest departure from your comfort zone? So I went to culinary school and right out of culinary school, I got the most amazing job, which actually was my real school, which was the Ritz Carlton. I was there for four years. Wow. And it was it was in Marina Del Rey, which really called every celebrity, every they actually had the contract to the NBA. So whoever was playing the Lakers in that time, they would stay officially at our Ritz-Carlton. So I had access immediately to like every person you can imagine from artists to musicians to athletes and all of that. So for some reason like that wasn't ever nerve wracking being around famous people. I've Mm -hmm. just never 
been uncomfortable with that. The one event that was like awe-inspiring, because after the Ritz-Carlton, I wanted to work at catering companies. And so my first event, just imagine, was, I think it was the Golden Globes. And we fed 1,600 people. And it was it, like it was military style. We literally, like in 20 minutes said 1600 people and oh, just wow. the opera operations of that because it was a plated dinner and of yeah. course there were hundreds of servers it just the, the logistics and how that happened in literally 20 minutes feeding 1600 people like a really high-end plate yeah that was fascinating to me like i mean aside that it was the golden globes and the red carpet but i had already seen so much of that at the ritz carlton sure it wasn't so much like the celebrity factor it was the amazing feat of what it takes to feed 1600 people yeah. in under 20 minutes it, that, that was fascinating to me so I've been to that Ritz Carlton. We had an event mm-hmm. there and my son was, gosh, maybe 18 months or something. And he, this is when we just had one kid, but we absolutely destroyed one of the hotel rooms there. I mean, there was just <laughs> crackers. There's probably crackers still in every crevice of that hotel room. <laughs> they had to re, they had to redo the room. That's right. You, right? I'm, I'm certain yeah. of it. I'm certain of it. Well, yeah. and we'll talk about, I mean, you know, we always compare from a service standpoint. We always talk about the Ritz Carlton. And we talk about Disney in terms of just what it's like to be in the service industry. So what a great start for you. Oh, it was extraordinary. You have to recognize a Mexican-American female to navigate the kitchens that in the 90s were male-dominated. They're still male-dominated. I mean, it's still like, let's just face facts, right? The culinary world is still very male-dominated. And so to navigate early on in that really hard environment like you're either a tough cookie or you're not like yeah. you're not going to survive right and so and and then going into the private sector of being a private chef for the most affluent people in the world i i think that how i've dealt with every ism you know sexism <laughs> racism and all of that is probably one of the things that i'm the most proud of because it has not been easy by any stretch of the imagination. That's like a great example of that. You know, you can only control what you can control and and letting that like speak for everything. You know, that's the thing. Like talent is the thing that ultimately speaks. How you navigate as a human being through the adversities of your career, because they're going to happen. Yeah. Is I, I think that's the ultimate reach for a person. You know, when we Look at success. I think this is a global theme that if you can be the most proud for who you are as a human being and how you treat people throughout your career, to me, that says it all. That's so cool. I mean, like, that's the mark of real. Listen, I've been around, you know, Nelson Mandela, the Dalai Lama, Oprah Winfrey, Steve, you know, like just the biggest names you can imagine. Real change agents. Yeah. And the the thing I've been the most impressed with, it's just I like I study all of I've studied all of those people when they think no one's watching right whether it's been a private home or a private exclusive event or the green room I just watch them and I see how do they treat the average person Mm. how do they treat how do they treat that person who's bringing them a cup of coffee did they say thank you did they say please 
I would never mention names of like horrible behavior. <laughs> come uh, on, come you know, on. Like, no, 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 no. I would, I would never do it because you know people have. I, I hold it super sacred yeah. that people have allowed me in their homes, and that's why you know really high influential people hire me because I'm super private. I would never mention anything that I've seen. But it's been fast. I mean, I could write the most interesting book. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, but it's like I, that attorney-client kind of, you know, privacy. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, I mean, so, I mean, having cooked for so many of those people, is there anybody still on your list that you're like, oh, if I could just, if I could just hook a plate up for so-and-so, like who's, who's <laughs> on that list? Wow. Who's on that list? Boy, that's one of great questions. Oh my God, you totally stuffed me. <laughs> like, is it like, I mean, like, you know, if I could just cook for Barbara Streisand, I mean, like, could it be like, is no, it somebody I've, that you- I've, I've, I've cooked for Barbara Streisand. I mean, like, I've, like, there's not one, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who, um, that would really would freak love, you out. It would freak you out, like, to do it. Like, you'd, well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't freak me. Like, you have to keep in mind, like, no one freaks me out in terms of status. Like, when you've been around the Dalai Lama and Nelson <laughs> and Nelson Mandela, like, you know what I mean? Like, and five presidents, like, you know, it just doesn't get bigger than that, right? It wasn't, um, the, it wasn't the Dalai Lama and Nelson Mandela in the same place, right? No, that would have been too much. They like, weren't. They were watching like The Force Awakens together or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I will tell you something that people on that level. What I mean by level, I mean energetically oh, that cool. they have been true givers of the world. When you have been in the presence of servants of the people. You know what I mean? Like givers of humanity, the energy in the room changes. It's electrifying. I mean, wow. every everyone wants to be a better human being in that moment, in that room. And when you witness that from people who have built that kind of legacy and, and consistency, it's it's breathtaking. I mean, like those were the two that I would say were like, wow, like my heart was just beat. Like I went, like my heart is even racing talking about them right now. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Like that is. there's, there's very few people who are so mindful about seeking that kind of legacy. Boy, I'll tell you, it's, it's awe-inspiring. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly awe-inspiring. That's so good. So, but who's your person? Who's the, who's the person now that you're, that would maybe not give you the Dalai Lama feeling where you'd want to, you know, work and feed okay, so, the rest of your life. But <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've mentioned Gary how many times already. He literally has been a friend, a mentor, and someone who has, boy, he's been a major catalyst in my life. And so I would say I would adore uh, cooking for his parents. Whoa. I, but to be able to say thank you to them, you know, to, to the real givers of, of great things, you know, which is Gary, um, that would be, that would be amazing. When I think about like, what would be the most exceptional dining experience you could wish for? It would literally be for the people who have deeply changed my life. Mm. So, I mean, I wish, I wish that Julia Child was still alive because for sure, hands down, oh, she yeah. would be at the top, she'd be at the top of my list. I mean, when I think at 46, how she's deeply impacted my life, I would adore to be able to say thank you. Wow. 
That's yes. so cool. Yeah. So let me get, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions now. Now it's time for rapid fire questions. Uh, what would you say is your personally, what's your comfort food? My mom's cooking. Just anything. Anything she's making. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. What is the last movie that you saw that made you really emotional? <laughs> you know, what made me emotional because I couldn't stop laughing was that sausage movie. That <laughs> Did you see it? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Sa- sausage party. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so- it was the most inappropriate <laughs> laugh, like laugh out loud movie. Like, I don't remember laughing so hard. It was hysterical. Did, <laughs> so, did you, yeah. uh, now you knew going into it that it wasn't an inappropriate had, movie. No, no, no. I had no idea. I, oh. because I'm a chef, right? Like any food that deals with any movie that deals with food, I'm going to go see it. Right. Like <laughs> I love, I love that. So it took you off guard right from, Within the first yeah, 30 I had, seconds. I had no idea. I had no idea what to expect. It was oh, so man. amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Our kids saw that on the Xbox and it's got that kind of the cover of it looks like it could be a kid's movie. And they're like, hey, should totally, we watch it? Yeah. And we're like, no, 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 no. Um, that is so funny. So if so we have an event in New York next year. And so for those of our audience that are going to be there, you know, give me like maybe a couple places that they absolutely need to enjoy, like the dining experience that really they know how to deliver. Like what are some places that you would recommend to like friends and family that they got to go check out? Like, like right in Manhattan. Wow. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So I'll, I'll give you a few, Um, but it's going to be weird because for me, you have to understand that, at this point, when I go to a restaurant, it's not about the food. Like, of course, I'm, I'm actually a hardcore foodie, so I'm passionate to see what other chefs are doing. But boy, do I pride myself. I love service. Mm-hmm. I love great service. And so it would kind of be on the higher end, but not necessarily, right? So Sedell's, which is in Soho, it's like a bagel place. It's a great breakfast place. Cool. Um, Russ and Daughters, it, it's in the same vein. It's kind of like a diner. But I'm telling you these because I don't recommend anything that doesn't have the combination of both, meaning great food and great service. Oh, I mean, like, I I will not recommend a place if the food is phenomenal, but the service was lousy. I just won't do it. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate because I have such a passion for chefs that I want to completely endorse them. But to me, a restaurant that isn't thinking about both things of food and service, like you've lost me. You've totally lost me. That's cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so like, 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 like just the real kind of, they, they walk in and immediately they kind of like meet you where you are and make you feel good. They don't, it's not like the stuff yeah. you kind of, you know, well, no, 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 because, like, I can tell you, like, Danielle Restaurant, which is on the Upper East Side, which is a five-star Michelin restaurant. Uh, I mean, I could give you many five-star dining experiences, but it's because, to me, any restaurant, whether it's, you know, a taco shop or fine dining, when they know how to make you feel as though it's an extension of your home and welcome, mm-hmm. welcome to your home, I mean, because I'm... I'm Mexican at my core. And when you go to my country, that's how people make you feel that, you know, welcome to our home. 
And to me, the best restaurants know how to do that. They know how to welcome you into their home. That's great. That is and, that is the best dance studios as well. It's exactly the same thing. Exactly, right? That. Exactly. Because it's about subtle little details that say that you've taken the time to think about the details. Yep. And yeah. So, and that, yeah. that definitely is not, it's one of those things like we always talk about it. You have to work really hard to make something look easy and, yep. and great service is not easy uh, to train, but it definitely looks yeah. easy when it's delivered. So, okay. Yeah. How about, do you have any moment in your history that connects to dancing? Like, let's say you could go back and you could be like a fantastic dancer. You could just show up and drop the mic at like your high school prom or, you know, it was like your sister's wedding and you didn't get out there so do you have a funny dance story that you'd like to go maybe I mean Chris (laughs) you don't know this about me I'm the most extraordinary dancer I mean I'll dance for you right now I mean I I love are you kidding me like I love to dance I mean I've always been a dancer it's so funny like you talk about high school elementary school dances I was the first one out there like I didn't wait if a guy asked me to dance I've just I've always had the moves my friend i've always had them. <laughs> i love that yeah. Love that. yeah awesome well you know i think um you know there's so many wonderful things that you've shared that i think our our audience is going to really identify with and i think you know gosh after the, what you said about julia child it was like that's it there's the nugget right there i mean that that's so fantastic yeah. there's so many people that come in with a with a dream to become a great dancer and yet somewhere along the way like maybe we failed them and we didn't create the environment um maybe yep. we didn't we didn't meet them at the point that could have like bridged the gap so like what would you say to people in the culinary world or people in the dance world about you know, why they should stick with the process that they're in. Like, what would be your message to that? You know, I've thought a lot about this because like I said, you know, Julia Child gave me the most important thing of being humble and, and always keep learning. I want to start like my own two cents. Right. And so I would add like the third piece that I would add to what Julia said that is mine is to be kind to yourself, be kind to the process, uh, be kind to where you are. And, and, and when I say that to you, I say it to myself every day because as a creative, which is what dancers are, you're yeah. a creative, it's being a creative and having it come out from, from inside. Sometimes it's not gonna come out. Sometimes you don't have it. Sometimes you, you lose you know, that magic and you have to be kind to yourself because it'll come back. If it was really meant to be, it will come back. And if you have the tenacity because you absolutely love it and you don't care how much money you make or the status or how many trophies you've won, if you're kind to yourself, that will allow you to push forward one more day. That's so great. Okay. So tell me, do you have anything in the works right now? Like, should people be like looking out for, are you going to do like a cookbook? Are you going to, I'm going to be doing a cooking show. I I mean, there's so many things. So I want everyone to follow me on Instagram. I want to have like a million followers on Instagram because that will be the place where I will, you know, start sharing everything one post at a time. That's so great. And it's so great. Well, uh, it's been so wonderful to finally, uh, um, digitally meet you, but, uh, yeah, but all the interaction on, on social and, uh, and man, it's so, I, I feel so pumped up talking to you. I'm like, Oh, Thank this you. is so Thank perfect. You. We'll have to connect when I'm, when uh, I'm out there. Uh, no, for sure. I, I would absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. I loved your dance moves, by the way. 
<laughs> I mean, let's let's do a little, you know, like, you know, we got, I've got some moves. <laughs> Final thought. We all have gone through a process. Whether that's cooking in Lizette's case, dancing, or running a business. The fact is, is that things take time. But something that she said was so pivotal, and that's to be kind to yourself during the process. That you can work hard, that you can have high expectations, that you can be an incessant learner, but that you need to be kind to yourself through the process and allow things to take shape. And I think that those words hopefully resonated with you the way that they did with me. I want to thank you for tuning in to Off the Floor, and stay tuned for more episodes coming soon.